You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a big hand, everybody. It is so good. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Give a big hand to our worship team. Hug somebody beside you. Tell that person I'm happy you're here. Just came from Cebu. I gave a financial seminar and one of the things we discussed in that seminar is what prevents someone from getting out of poverty, getting out of their financial stuckness. And you know, we, we identified a few things and things that you already know. Number one, financial ignorance, you know, not knowing how money works and then going into scams and all of that. Number two is not having a good relationship with money. You know, seeing money as evil and so therefore you avoid it and therefore you sabotage your progress and so on. But there's one thing that I want to emphasize and point to you right now because it's connected to the talk. You know, the message today that you're going to hear is that sacrifice is good. Can everybody say that? Sacrifice is good. I want you to elbow somebody really hard with your pointy elbow and tell that person sacrifice is good. What prevents many people and, and what, what make, you know what makes people remain poor, remain in their financial quagmire is comfort zone. People are comfortable. And believe you me, I have met the most amazing entrepreneurs who, who came from poverty and they became very financially successful. And if you look at their lives, it is the fact that they always step out of their comfort zone. They always go, you know, convenience is not very high in their hierarchy of values. Convenience, no, it's very low. They're willing to give up convenience. But it's not only in your finances. This works in every other relationship in your life. You know, think about relationships. Do you want to have a great relationship with your spouse? Parang hindi. Do you want to have a great relationship with your son, with your daughter? You want to have a good relationship with your mom and your dad? And you, you know, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone and making a sacrifice. Do Say that with me, sacrifice. Everybody say, sacrifice is good. Before turning over the microphone to Audie and D-Doy, just, just want to say this. I'm not supposed to be here. But <laughs> um, I, have, I have this one tiny story. Is it okay you, you remain standing for my tiny story? There was this parish priest and he saw this woman, elderly woman, going to Mass every day. And every day she, he, she was there. But then one day she disappeared. And the parish priest was worried. Oh no, did she get sick? But then a few days later, one week later, two weeks later, he saw her, he was walking on the street, sees, sees auntie, you know, and says, Tita, you're here, you know, I saw, you know, and, and auntie said, hey, Father, and then father said, I was worried, you know, you were not at church, I saw you every day, and then all of a sudden, you're gone, and then Tita says, oh, father, 
Do you know, I live beside the church. The house, my house is beside the church. I hear the entire mass. Remember, Father, you put loudspeakers. Oh, you mean you hear the readings? I hear the readings, Father. You hear my homily, even your jokes, Father. But wait, you only hear. You don't see. No, Father, my bedroom window is right beside the door of the church. I open the window. I see right to the altar. I see you, Father. You see the consecration? Yes, Father. Really, every, everything. Ah, wait, 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 wait. Communion. Father, yung bayaw ko, lay minister. After the Mass, he goes around the village, the barangay, giving communion. Father, ako una. Bayaw eh. Father, completo ang Mass ko. Completo. And then the priest says, Oo nga, no? Pero teka, 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 teka. So offertory. Nagbibigay ka ba? Hindi, Father. Hindi. Hindi kompleto ang misa mo. You know, the Mass is about Jesus sacrificing Himself to us. But it's also you sacrificing to the Lord. And in any relationship or in any area of your life, whether it be family or health, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to remove and sacrifice convenience to do what is right because that is what will make you win. My dear friends, enjoy the feast. Brother Audi Villarasa, come on down. Thank you, Brother Bo. Can I invite everyone right now to lift up both hands in the air as we say our favorite prayer. Say this with me, today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Whew. No, we're not going to sing. <laughs> I want you to park yourself in your seat first. We're going to break open the word later, but I wanted to just say those words that Brother Bo so eloquently just mentioned. Everybody say, sacrifice is good. Touch three people and say, sacrifice is good. That's right. You know, when I think of the word sacrifice, I automatically associate it with the word love. Everybody say love. Because it's, it's, it's practically, practically one and the same thing. You can't have sacrifice without love. You can't have love without sacrifice. I mean, they just go together like, like bow and maru, like, like, like star margarine and rice, like kapet pandesal, right? Like sorbetes at, 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 at ano yan, yung tasty bread. Kumakain ba kayo It just goes together like tuyo and champurado. Gutom na ba kayo? This is the feast. That's why we would like to talk about stuff like that. So, 
love and sacrifice, they just go together. And two things about sacrifice that I want to share with you this morning. The first is this. Sacrifice is powerful. Can you say that? It's powerful. You know, sacrifice is a wonderful ingredient for success. If you think about it, every successful enterprise, every successful business, every successful marriage, every successful relationship is a product of success. Success is a wonderful ingredient for, 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 for uh, sorry, sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice is a wonderful ingredient for success. If you think about it, the very fact that you are able to sit down here is because somebody sacrificed for you. Long ago, once upon a time, who sacrificed to start the very first feast? Lola Eugene. Was it Jean, yeah, right? Lola Jean and Lola Pilar. Thank you so much to them for making that sacrifice. Thank you to the whole Sanchez family for bearing the sacrifice of starting this wonderful community that we are all a part of right now. Everything that we do, that we sacrifice, is something that will lead to success. In fact, let me just say this. The fact that you're able to sit down there right now, it simply means that somebody gave once upon a time without even know, knowing who you were, without even knowing what your name was. And now you're there. And whenever you give something to the offering basket, you know, it's, it's some, for somebody else who will encounter the Lord one day simply because you keep supporting the ministry. So thank you. Touch your neighbor say, thank you for your giving. Sacrifice is powerful. But here's the second thing. Sacrifice is personal. Can everybody say, sacrifice is personal? When I think about it, sometimes sacrifice doesn't make sense, especially if you don't know the backstory. I remember the story, um, and this is not our gospel reading, okay? I, I, it's just something that I'm going to bring up today. I remember the story that Matthew and Mark told in their gospels about this woman who gave it so extravagantly to Jesus, where she poured oil on top of his head. And it was so extravagant because she broke open the alabaster jar. And to them, during that time, it was very precious and costly. And to those who were around in that vicinity who saw what she did, they started questioning because it did not make sense to them. In fact, one of the disciples said, we could sell this and give the, 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 the money to the poor. But you know what? Sacrifice often comes with a story because what they did not know is this. Mark and Matthew didn't bother giving the name of that woman in their gospel, but you know what? John did. Because John wrote about it as well. And John said that the name of the woman was Mary of Bethany. How many of you know Mary of Bethany? Raise your hand. Come on. We got a few people here. Okay, so for those of you who don't know Mary of Bethany, she was the sister of Martha. Okay, Martha. And they, they happened to be close disciples of Jesus. They loved Jesus. They were friends of Jesus. But one trivia that I love so much is this. They had a brother. Anybody here know the brother of Mary and Martha? Lazarus. Now, you're seeing a little bit of why the sacrifice makes a little bit of sense, right? She was extravagantly sacrificing to Jesus. Why? It was not out of impulse. It was out of indebtedness. Because remember that Lazarus was the guy that Jesus raised back to life. He died. So imagine the gratitude that Mary had seeing her brother that was dead. And then Jesus raised him back to life. Would you be grateful if, something, if Jesus does something like that to you? So now it makes sense that Mary sacrificed. You see, sacrifice has a story. I remember 
this woman that I met many, many years ago here at the feast, she's one of our big givers. And the way that she gives, the, when I saw how she would give every month, it did not make sense to me. I mean, for somebody to give something that much until I heard her story. I found out that many months before she started attending the feast, her son passed away at a very untimely age. And it was terrible. You know, it broke her heart into a million pieces. And she, she was looking for an answer. She kept on asking, Lord, why my son? Why, why my family? And she could not find the answer until she walked into the feast one day and that's where she felt the uncontainable, untangible love of God just embracing her and telling her everything is going to be okay. And you know what? She started attending. And little by little, as she started attending regularly, you know what God did? God mended her heart little by little. And though she still feels the pain of losing her son, that's always going to be there. But now she has more hope and more purpose knowing that God is in control. Every sacrifice has a story. That's right. Three people are clapping for that. Come on, clap your hands. God is good. And all the time, see, every sacrifice has a story. You will never understand sacrifice and, and understand why we do what we do here at the feast if you're only coming here as a spectator. If you're only coming here to spectate and never to participate, you're always going to wonder, you know, why are they raising their hands? Is there an armed robbery going on? Why are their hands lifted up? You're never going to understand that. You're never going to understand people like Joni Manawat. Joni Manawat serves in our worship ministry. You know what time Joni wakes up? Ask me what time. 4 a.m. Why? Because he lives all the way in Valenzuela. And he has to make the trip in order to make the call time here at 6 a.m. You're never going to understand his sacrifice if you don't know his story. That he loves the Lord so much that he's willing to make that sacrifice. If you don't know... And hear the story of other people, like for instance, Leia Diego. She serves in our warmth ministry. She lives all the way in Batangas, but she makes the trip every single time. Why? Because she's found a safe place here for her kids. Beautiful. There are a lot of people here who make sacrifices, and until you learn their story, you're never going to know why they sacrifice. Another person, her name is Aisha Montes. She lives all the way in Mindoro. You know how long it takes for her to commute just to attend the feast? 12 hours just to get here to the feast. But why does she do it? Because she feels like this is home. This is family. That's what sacrifice is all about, my friends. Every sacrifice has a story. And maybe there's somebody sitting next to you right now that you know the story of. I don't know who they are, but you know who they are. And it's beautiful because until you learn the story of that person, their sacrifice will never make sense because the sacrifice is personal. Which brings us to our reading for today because we're studying the book of Leviticus. And Leviticus is really a book about sacrifice. I'll call the next preacher to talk more about sacrifice in the book of Leviticus. But let me just share this one last thing. As a preacher, what I love so much whenever I study the Word of God is that I always look for connections. How many of you love looking for connections? Patterns, for instance. You know, you like to look for connections here and there. I love looking for, for, for patterns. And one of the things that the authors in the ancient time would often do is that they would use this, this design pattern whenever they would write. They would have a certain pattern. And I'll tell you one of the favorite patterns that they use is that they would put the most important part in the middle, in the center. Okay, so the most important part is at the center. And I thought about that. Why would they put 
the most important part in the middle and not in the end, right? Some movies do that. They put like the, 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 at the end credits even, they put the most important part in the middle, in, in, the, in the end. Until I had a reflection, and this is just a personal reflection because I was playing basketball last Monday and Ethan, my, my son, he joined, joins me. And then one random moment, he just says to me this funny thing. He says, Dad, when you're 60 years old, does it mean that you can already dunk the ball? And I could get the, the, the question, the rationale of the question, and I say, say to him, um, Ethan, no, that's not how it happens. Because he was thinking that as you get older, you get taller. And I, and I tell him, actually, it's ironic because the moment that you're older, you're actually a little bit weaker, right? You, you, you can't run as fast. Your knees buckle a little bit. Your stamina is not as, as good. And I thought about that for a moment because that's really the evolution of man. You know, we grow up as a baby and then we can't do anything. We can only crawl. But as you get older, you get a little bit stronger. You get a little bit wiser. And then eventually when you reach your teens and you're a young adult, that's when you're a little bit strong, right? I realized that it's usually in the middle that's the most important in our life. Because it's in the middle where you make your decision of what profession you're going you're gonna to do. It's in the middle of your life where you are at your strongest. Your immune system works the best when you're in the middle. It's in the middle where you make decisions like who are you going to marry or where you're going to settle down or what you're going to invest in. It's usually the middle that's the most important, right? So maybe that's what the authors were, were, were trying to, to get at. That the middle is the most important part. And let me ask you this question. In our study of the Torah, where are we? In the middle, five books were on the third book. It's a little bit ironic when you think about that because Genesis is rather famous. Why? Everybody knows that the beginning started in Genesis. Adam and Eve ate, bit the forbidden fruit. That's in Genesis. Everybody also knows Exodus. Why? Because of Moses, which Charlton Heston made famous in, the, in that classic movie, the 1956 movie, The Ten Commandments. So everybody knows Exodus. But why is it? I asked this question last Sunday. How many of you have ever read the book Exodus? Ah, Leviticus. Three people raised their hand. Not everybody knows. And yet, realize this. The core message of the Torah is in Leviticus. You want to know how important Leviticus is? Let me prove it to you. It was so important to not just the people, but to Jesus himself that he quoted the second greatest commandment from Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 19. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Some of you might still be asking, why are we studying Leviticus? Doesn't relate to me. It does. If Jesus loved the Torah, if Jesus loved Leviticus, we need to love it too. We need to see it from his perspective. And so I pray that as you sit down there completely silent, like there's nobody here that I'm talking to, <laughs> I want you to open your hearts because this is just the intro. Right now, we're about to get to the middle part. And I'm going to call the next preacher on stage, Doc Didoy Lovaton. Powerful Audi. Can we all stand? Can we just honor the word? This is our tradition, our feast. We sing thy word because it, we are the light of Jesus' family, and the Word gives light to our path. Amen? Amen? Together, if you can extend and sing with me. 
Thy word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can you put your hands to your heart and just have that moment with the Lord? Lord, speak to us, change us, transform us. Most of all, we want to receive your love. We want to be closer to you than ever before. This is our family prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. Take your seats. As you take your seats, touch somebody beside you and say to that person, God will speak to you today. Everybody say, sacrifice is good. Can you look at the person beside you and just check if that person is sacrificing or sakaling or nang Today, we're going to learn about atonement. Everybody say atonement. And atonement requires sacrifice. Let me say that again. Atonement requires sacrifice. We just said sacrifice is good. But for us to understand that sacrifice is good, we got to understand what it is for what it means, which is atonement. And atonement is not a usual word that we use nowadays. You don't see people in relationship and you know, my is here, my beautiful and loving wife. She doesn't like that I mention her. But, but I, I, I thank God that we don't use atonement in relationships now. I've never heard her saying to me, Didoy, before I forgive you, you must give me an atonement. A 1.5 carat stone on my finger. And in Leviticus, and also in the whole entire Bible study, atonement is, is an integral part. Everybody say atonement. Anybody here who knows what atonement means? Very good. Question mark. <laughs> I love it. Atonement is this. The word atonement is unique. You know, we have very many religious words, and mostly they come from Hebrew, Greek, but atonement is coming from English. And atonement is very easy to understand. Atonement means at one meant. At one. We, in a relationship, are one. Kung modern times, sabi nga ni Spice Girls, two become one you know it's <laughs> to to atone means to make at one sabi nga ni Brian McKnight back oh mas alam niyo talaga pag modern times na back at one it's 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 to reconcile to atone is to reconcile any relationship is better and good if they are not apart but they are together as one so when i say i am reconciling with mai that is a very important statement because it means three particular things are you ready the first meaning when i say i'm reconciling i'm atoning and and, and sacrifice is needed in that atonement and reconciliation when i say i'm reconciling with my wife with my that means number one we are in a relationship there is a relationship 
Even any mathematicians and, and physicists would always say there's always a relationship between things and matter. And we people, we, we are in a relationship. Can I? There is, we are in a relationship. Anybody who has a relationship? Yung mga single dyan, dok, nakakasakit ka. We all have relationships. You have a relationship with, I have a relationship with you. You have a relationship with, uh, as a Filipino, we are all in relationships. So first, in reconciliation, first we understand that we are already in a relationship. Number two, secondly, one person, it's usually me, who hurt the other person. And that hurt the relationship. Hence the need for a reconciliation. Got it? And thirdly, it means that something, if reconciliation needs to happen, something was done for the relationship to be reconciled, for the relationship to be together again. Something was done to restore the relationship. Like what? Reconciliation says, well, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That's why in relationships, in families, in, even in business, we all make, mis- we all make mistakes. Taas ang kamay ng nagkasala na. Yes. Eh, ang dami. Well, Sabi mo sa katabi mo, welcome home. Taas ang kamay ng willing mag-sorry agad pag nagkamali. Parang kumonte-onte. Reconciliation always involves sacrifice. Reconciliation always involves a sacrifice. And the first thing that gets sacrificed is pride. Hindi po yung sabon, hindi yung kung ano man. Pride. Pride is something that is first sacrificed if you want to make your relationship work. In many, in many times, I encounter ulit, ulit, ulit. How many people here have made mistakes in the past? Nagkasala na? Fantastic. Meron ba dito yung malaking kasalanan? Nagkaroon ng malaking kasalanan? Sige na, taas ang kamay. Iba talaga, hindi ako yun. Hindi ako yun. Wow, perfect. Ha? Did you ever experience that you, nagkaroon ka ng kasalanan, even malaking kasalanan, and someone paid for that kasalanan? And you got off with it. And somebody made a way so that you get restored in your relationship. Somebody paid your debt. Somebody said sorry for you. Somebody interceded on your behalf. Somebody, yes? And that man, that person who, who covered for you, who, who, who paid your debt, that's who we want to become. And I'll tell you more about it. But talking about pride, as a doctor, I see patients. And many times that some patients would say and ask me already, what is my treatment? And I always back, the, back you, I give the question back to you, what is the problem first? Let's recognize first before we make resolutions. And some people have a hard time to get their healing on track because they do not recognize that they have mistakes in their lifestyle. 
And as a doctor, a holistic doctor, I also see that there are physicalities. The problem with our physical is also rooted in our mental and emotional. Yes? So sometimes I ask, do you, what is your stress? How are your relationships? Is this illness coming from some form of stress in other areas of your life? And many times, I'm not surprised with people who say, no, no, I don't have a problem, doc, there. Just give me the medicine. You know, just give me the, I know. And I think there is some form of pride there that I am okay. I don't have a problem. Just give me the medicine for my problem and my problem will go away. The problem there is it will never go away. Because the pride of saying, I'm okay, I don't have a problem, it is the one that is making you hurt. That is the one killing you. That is the one hurting your lifestyle. And in the, pro in the process, it hurts your relationships. It hurts your business, your mind, the way you talk. It's, even in relationships, no? uh, it also becomes a problem when, when <laughs> I have conversations like this. Sabi sa akin ng asawa mo, sir, nag-aalak ka daw. Yes, Doc. Okay, that's good. Amin niya, nag-aalak siya. Meron ding nasabi sa akin na ng bababae ka daw at, uh, you know, at nagsusugal ka daw. Sabi niya, yes, Doc. Oo nga, totoo yan. You know, so, you know, so far, so good. Inaamin niya may problema siya. Tapos, the problem arises is when he replies, Doc, pero alam mo lang, kung alam mo lang talaga yung asawa ko. Diba? Alam mo siya, chismosa siya. Bungangera nager. So, alak babae sugal, chismisa, bungangera nager. Parang, we're not talking about your problem, but not your wife. Nakigets ninyo? And the problem is, there's so much pride out there. Without sacrifice, here it is. Without sacrifice, there is no reconciliation. Even in, in relationships, no? para maging mag-asawa kayo, someone has to take a knee and propose, lower himself down or herself down, uso na rin ngayon, so that I'm humble. That's a symbol, by the way, guys, kung, magpa, kung luluhod kayo, I'm humbling myself, I'm ready to take up my cross and die for you. That's what it means. So be careful, be choosy, Okay. <laughs> Sacrifice is good because without sacrifice, there is no reconciliation. With sacrifice, relationships can be restored. Sacrifice is good because it heals, it restores, it renews. Which brings us to the sacrifices mentioned in the book of Leviticus. And this is how to atone. That is to sacrifice. Why are sacrifices needed to atone and to reconcile with God? It's the same thing. Because the way I mentioned the relationship restoration, reconciliation, it means three things. Number one, God and I are already in a relationship. Yes, we are. You and I are in a relationship with God. In Genesis, God's purpose for creating us it's relationship. Everybody say relationship. He, he made us to have fellowship with Him in the garden. And this fellowship was to bear fruit. 
to make a meaningful and fruitful life. And, and He told us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, He said, Fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth and govern it, govern it. And that meant He made us as His co-rulers. He made us as partners to be rulers of His creations. And we're, we're partners on a mission with Him to be stewards of His creation. And, and our partner, God, is special. It's not just a simple partnership. Think about it. He is the Almighty, the maker of the universe. He spoke things into creation. So in our relationship with Him, we cannot be just dilly-dallying. We cannot be flippant and, and take our partner for granted. This, this, is a, this is a point where I get to introduce this idea with you that is, that is not so common and popular at this time. And why is that idea? God is both good and dangerous. Hmm? God is both good and dangerous. And we like picturing God as, you know, God as our comforter, our healer, our father, loving us tenderly. But when was the last time we thought that and had that image of God as dangerous? And, and don't get me wrong. Hang in with me. God is dangerous because God is holy. And when we say that, when you say holy, you picture... Kasi a gentle old woman praying to God, gives food to the poor kids and loving people. How in the world can that be dangerous? But in the Bible, you have to understand. That's why I'm giving you context. Everybody say context. When you say God is holy, that means He is set apart. He's unique. He's different above us all. And that is the person, that is the God whom we are in relationship with. He is the source of all power. He's so powerful that He created the universe. Again, He spoke galaxies into existence. And in the same way, He can destroy everything and anything as He pleases. Do you get it? It is beautiful that we get to relate to God as a tender, loving father, even as our close friend. We should. But as a preacher, I will not let it pass that we also ought not to forget that He is the Almighty One. With reverence, we never take Him for granted. Our relationship with God is all important also in our lives. So wag yung maliliitin ang relationship ninyo with God. God is important in our lives. Honor God in our words, in our actions. Is He part of your calendar? Is He part of your agenda? Because God is good. God is holy and almighty. And we have a relationship with Him. We also ought to do our part because to be holy, because God is holy. God is like fire. Fire is both dangerous and good. If you use fire well, it has many uses. It can cook, it can heal, it can light up our homes and our lives and heats power. 
use it wrongly, you can get destroyed. You can even get killed. So we have a relationship with God, and we want to honor that relationship with God. Secondly is this. One person hurt the other person, and that hurt our relationship. And aminin na natin, that's what our sin does to us, to our relationship with God. We hurt our relationship with God. In the ancient times, at the time of Leviticus, sin is not a private thing. Sin is, is, is everybody's concern. Hindi naman para maging chismosa at magmarites tayo sa lahat ng kasalanan natin. But in their perspective, everybody say perspective. When I sin, it is not just my problem. When I sin, it becomes a community's problem. Sin was like pollution. It pollutes the relationship with God and it also pollutes God's tabernacle, that physical uh, thing at that time. And, and, and it affected everybody. When I sin, think of, think of an unfaithful person. You know, unfaithful to his or her spouse and, 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 and brings the kerida to the household. Imagine, imagine the pollution it does to the family, to the kids, to the relatives, to the uncles, to the nieces, and to everything. It, it pollutes our relationship with God. Sin pollutes God's good world. Think about it. Look at the news. How polluted our lives are in. Our world has become dangerous too. There's a lot of injustice, violence, and evil. It's because of sin. It's because our relationship with the Lord is so far. Something has to cover that relationship. Something has to put us back together. Something has to purify that relationship again so that it works. If if God's people wants to be reconciled, to be at one with Him, they must be purified of that pollution. Linis. And here's a huge problem. How can sinners like you and me, before I preach this, okay? How can sinners fellowship with a holy God and not be destroyed? And the answer, my friend, is something was done to restore the relationship. And what is that something? And that is atonement. And atonement requires sacrifice. I'm hearing it to you. Very good. And this is where we read the Word of God. A very long introduction, but once you see that perspective, it will now make sense to you. So let me read it from Leviticus chapter 1, verse 2. Give the following instructions to the people of Israel when you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. And for the next seven chapters of Leviticus, God explains the various sacrifices so that atonement can take place, so that they could be in His presence and relationships would be restored. And that's the incoming talks 
of our talk series called Closer in the Feast. So stay in tune every single Sunday because we will going to learn more about that. But today, we're going to understand how do sacrifices do that? How do sacrifices bring us to the presence of the Lord? Again, perspective. Everybody say perspective. The Hebrew word, the original Hebrew word translated for atonement will answer our question. And the Hebrew word is kippur. Everybody say kippur. It literally means to cover. It means to cover. And kippur was used in two situations in ancient times. Number one, that is to pay a debt. Magbayad ng utang. Taas ng kamay na may utang. Kailangan ng kippur. Okay? Bayad utang. Number two, when you purify something. You got it? To pay a debt, to purify something. Because it's very understandable. When you repay and when you pay a debt, you cover the expenses. You cover the shortcoming. And it's very logical. In a relationship, I have to pay a debt, then we are restored. Bayad utang, linis, wala nang problema, right? But the other meaning of Kippur, it's, it's, it's sometimes a little bit incomprehensible in our modern world. And, and when Kippur is used, it is something to purify. And this is it. The only way to purify something was to cover it with blood. The blood of an animal. What's our word today? The blood. Oh, Kippur. Oh, nga. The way to purify something was to cover it with blood. The blood of an animal sacrifice. Specifically of an unblemished animal. Spotless. Walang deformity. Perfect! Kaya mahirap maging perfect, naaaalay. Nasa sacrifice. It means it, it means it was it, the, the, that animal is blameless and that covers and purifies the relationship. For us, you know, in, in our modern world, 21st century, you know, when you say, huh, we don't do animal sacrifices anymore. We don't do cover something with blood anymore. It becomes very dirty. Imagine mo, di ba ngayon, for us to be clean, alcohol spray, para malinis, di ba? Blood spray, blood spray. Di ba? It's not happening anymore. But in again, perspective. In ancient Hebrew culture, it is very important for them. Because for them, blood is life. Especially pure, unblemished blood. Blood is life. A blood of uh, the blood of the blameless, spotless animal can make them clean again takes the place of the dirty heart and mind and actions of a person that the blood of that unblemished lamb or animal has cleansing power. And it covers the pollution that is happening in the relationship. By covering the pollution with the blood of the blameless animal, the blood creates a clean space. Reconciliation can now take place. You get it? They were spraying the, the blood to places, even to people, to purify 
Those were the ancient times. But read this with me and chew this with me because up until this time, we may, may not be seeing blood anymore, but the concept of it, the, 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 the pattern of it. And again, if you read through the, the biblical story from Cain and Abel to Noah to Moses, even up to Leviticus, God was establishing a pattern. What's that pattern? That the blameless one would offer his life for the many. Somebody covers the debt. Somebody helps purify the relationship again. And that pattern, my friend, is finally fulfilled in Jesus. His sacrifice is good. Jesus' sacrifice is good. Jesus is the blameless one who can make that atonement. Jesus is that blameless, spotless lamb. That one, that, that Jesus is who can make us at one again with God. He offered his faultless life so that we could defeat the power of death, sickness, and healing can happen. That, 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 that the damage could be repaired. The damage to the creation could be repaired. We can be restored and recreated again. And let me say it again and again and again. Sacrifice is good. Say it again. Sacrifice is good. And so when you go to the New Testament, it all is a pattern. It connects from John 1, the Gospel of John. John called Jesus this, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Every single Eucharistic celebration now, you get to understand the context. That is the meaning of that spotless Lamb who died for you and me, took our place, carried our sins of the world, took away our sins. You will never go through Mass the same way again, now understanding this. And in John's epistles, from 1 John 4 verse 10, it also says, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Can I invite you to stand? And I'll tell you an experience that sacrifice is good. Some of you may be wondering, so, Pukuhan na ako ng goat mamaya and, you know, spray my house. Yeah. So, ano ba? But Audi was already saying and Brother Bo was already saying it ahead. We exist. We stand here now because of God's sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice, and everyone else who followed after Him. People. Dozens hundreds of people, thousands of people before us have followed the sacrificial lamb and they themselves offered themselves for the world so that our relationship with God 
will be restored. You stand, and I stand here before because Bo Sanchez and his family have preached many, many times before. Because our leaders, even those who are unnamed now, they have made the sacrifices so that we could stand. We can enjoy this now because people got hurt before and they endured that hurt. And they love still despite of their hurting. There was one time with my ex-girlfriend, now my wife. I was still young and still young now, but before when I was so young, I was impulsive. I was so overconfident. I'm still am now. But there was the time when we were supposed to go to Baguio. Anybody here wants to go back to Baguio? And I love, love that place. So, we, Mai and I, with friends of ours, were going to Baguio. And we were three or four cars at that time. And, and I was the designated driver with Mai and a few of our friends at the back. And at that time, there wasn't that... Wala pang T-Plex, no? Matagal ang biyahe to Baguio. Five hours, six hours. And I was, it was early morning. I came from a duty in med school. So, medyo antok-antok ako. And I was the designated driver. You know, alam mo yung sa umpisa, sa, sa NLEX, ang saya pa ng kwentuhan. Pero pagkatapos ng NLEX, tulog na sila. Yun. Yun. Sino ditong drivers nakaka-relate? Yung, itong mga to. <laughs> but, but, I was driving the car and and we were already passed from from again from NLEX to 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 the provinces and we were already in Paniki Tarlac and we were driving and they were sleeping and then boom Nagising ko kaya Iba kasi, oh, overtime na, matapos na, dalian yun. Family tayo, thank you. And the car crashed. I crashed into another car. Nagising ako. And, 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 you know, maayos, and people, miyak na. And I was like, tas una ko naisip, Okay lang kayo. Tapos yung, yung ano, okay lang kaya. Tapos, kasi yung kotse, hindi sa akin eh. Kotse siya, nung tatay, nung girlfriend ko. Ay, naku po. And literally, we had to it was so bad that the car needs to be towed back. We, we, we were able to drive it back up to NLEX, but it, it broke down and it eventually had to be towed. So, cell phone. So, oh, sana kayo, dad. Oh, sana kayo. Ang tagal nyo naman. Oh. Tito pala, hindi pa pala ako dad na. Dad na kasi ngayon. So. Tito? 
Oh, kamusta kayo? Papunta na kayong Baguio? Ah, ah, hindi pa po eh. Oh, ba't ang tagal na naman? Ah, ah, kasi po, Tito, sorry po. Na, 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 nasira ko yung kotse. Sorry po. I now have a debt. I have something to pay for. I did something wrong. Very expensive and malaking kasalanan. But you know what this dad, this Tito said to me, Okay lang kayo? May nasaktan ba? Sabi ko po, wala po. Sige, uwi na kayo. Ako nang bahala. Simula noon, alam ko na kung sino ang pakakasalan ko. It was a very humbling moment. Up until this time when I'm remembering that, my tito, now my dad, <laughs> covered my debt. He, he fixed it. He fixed the car. He, he, he helped us go home. And I need to wrap up, but let me tell you this. I did not pay anything for that car. And if the reaction would have been different, then I may not have married my wife now. <laughs> Correct? But what I have now is this. I want to pay it back. And probably not directly or sometimes directly, but it taught me that sacrifice is good. Imagine mo si Haley, magkakagano na boyfriend. Tapos babayaran ko yung kasalanan niya. My God. God help me. But somebody did that already for me. And so, our response with Jesus' sacrifice is that we get to sacrifice as well. Because sacrifice is good. Sacrifice is good. Probably there are people out there who has never experienced that love, that grace. It could be you who could bridge that gap between God and that person. Maybe your company has never seen such loving leadership, but maybe it is you who could bring Jesus in your organization because Sacrifice is good. It is not convenient. It's actually painful. And as we come to worship today, my dear friends, my question is, will you sacrifice your life to Him? He did it first. And I'm encouraging you, go ahead. As we encounter God in our worship time today, experience the garden again. Experience that God's tabernacle in His heart that we can surrender everything someone sacrificed for you to be here and we want to sacrifice as well because sacrifice his sacrifice is good our sacrifice is good and there are people who are not yet here there are people who are not yet in this relationship with the Lord. God is asking you today, will you sacrifice your whole life to me? 
Will you sacrifice your pride, your pain? At, at its core, sacrifice means, means submission. It means killing your pride on the altar. Showing your sinful self that, Lord, here I am, use me. Bless me so I can bless others. We join our sacrifices with the sacrifice of Jesus. And His sacrifice makes your sacrifice good. How about that? So come and bless the Lord. Love the Lord today. Be thankful for His sacrifice. And we respond with sacrifice in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.